Welcome to episode four of Random Trek. My name is Captain Christopher Ingle, and always joined by my first officer, the man who keeps the wheels running on this ship, Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar. Brennan, how are you today? I am well, reporting for duty, Captain. <laughs> Wonderful. Always glad to hear that. Well, today uh, we got to take a trip uh, to the Enterprise D and Next Generation. Uh, I'm so glad we're getting to do this. Um, yeah, today we are taking a look at a season two episode, uh, episode number 14, The Icarus Factor. Uh, and this is a, a really interesting episode uh, considering the first two scenes of, of Next Gen for the most part are not looked at favorably. Mm. Uh, but this is an interesting episode. Brennan, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Well, I just got to say, I really don't like season one and two of Next Generation. And I think this episode is, well, it has some good moments. It's just part of, at least for me, continuing that feeling of these two seasons feel very out of place once we hit season three onward mm -hmm. okay uh yeah I, I, in, in watching this it really felt like we were getting some awesome character moments uh that, that was nice that was it was nice. really needed uh and i think this is this is not the first episode to do that uh, but definitely one, uh, obviously, that deals with one Commander William Riker uh, that I'm really happy for. And I was so glad we had this. Um, so as usual, we want to open up and kind of give a brief synopsis as to what happens in this episode. Uh, now, in this episode, uh, the Enterprise is uh, en route to meet with a Federation liaison who's going to help uh, with a specific mission, and Picard's being very sketchy about it, uh, to his first officer. Uh, and when Riker goes to the pad to meet this person, he discovers very quickly that this special liaison is his estranged father who he does not have a very good relationship with, as we discover. Mm -hmm. uh, he was always very resentful of his father. His father is very, uh, very much the competitive ma man that Riker is, that we come to know. Uh, and it turns out that throughout life, that's the way it was. And Riker really wanted somebody that cared and had compassion. And Riker's father wasn't that kind of guy, but he took care of Will. He kind of taught will how to be strong and how to how to succeed and how to fight and you know those those kinds of things are admirable in certain ways uh but we see this this back and forth between Riker uh as specifically uh this is the first time Riker is being offered a command which is why his father is there to kind of uh let him know about this mission uh, that this command would have. Uh, Riker's being offered the captain of the USS Ares uh, and would have to take it pretty quickly. Um, and Riker's just not quite sure and he's dealing with the anger. Uh, we also discover that uh, Riker's father had a history with Dr. Catherine Pulaski. Uh -huh. I love in this series. We'll, we'll get into Pulaski. Uh, yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, uh, that's going on. And the B plot of this, also dealing with family, uh, is a little bit of a mystery. Worf is 
brooding and angry, a little more than usual. Uh, and his friends can't quite figure it out. And poor Wesley Crusher kind of gets the job of trying to figure it out. And through research at time, he discovers that it is the anniversary of Worf's ascension into manhood. But normally you would celebrate this with Klingon family. Worf doesn't have any Klingon family. And so Worf is really brooding about this. So uh, Wesley Crusher, Data, Pulaski, um, uh, Jordy, and um, O'Brien come together to be that surrogate family for him. Uh, and they do a uh, kind of a simulated rite of ascension on the holodeck uh, to help Worf out. Uh, and in the main, main, and that's pretty much how that ends. Uh, and in the main plot, Riker faces his father. They get it out in combat, which is a really cool scene. We'll talk about that. Uh, and Riker decides that, you know what? I can be a success in my own way. I don't have to be a captain. I don't have to be what my father expected me to be. I don't have to have that life that he did. And I'm okay being the first officer of the flagship. Picard kind of agrees with him. Father leaves and the episode ends. But it really uh, very much is this look at family and the dynamics that we have of family. Uh, and that's, that's something that's really interesting there. So why don't we start with that? What, what do we like, uh, uh, Brennan? What did you like about this episode? Well, for the most part, the cinematography, and this is very flat, but the Day of Ascension anniversary looks amazing. I love that Klingon architecture. The red lighting and the... That, that look that we get to see more of throughout the series. I do like that it is about family and that, you know, Riker, who one could argue has not gotten the biggest character development throughout the series, getting to actually explore more about him. Right. Uh, the actor who plays his dad does a fine job. Mm -hmm. I love the Yambo Jitsu, the, the look of that. And you get to see that again in Lower Decks. Yeah, I, I really I love, love the outfits. I love the outfits. I'm with you. Uh, and let's hit some of these just one at a time. Um, samurai, Japanese, kind of, yeah. Yeah, th this is not the first time we would see Klingons uh, and a little bit, but it is one of the first times we get more cultural aspects mm -hmm. of Klingon. Um, and we get that idea of, of, of the proud Worf. Uh, see, the thing is, in season one, um, Worf wasn't intended to be a major character. It wasn't no. until the loss no. of Crosby that Worf came in. Yeah, so exactly. we get a chance here to see more character development from Worf, which I really, really, really like. And, and throughout I, the series, that ends up being one of the most interesting things. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's, and you're right, this is the first time we get to see what is Klingon culture really like? Right. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that process and, and especially that watching this Klingon Rite of Ascension, what they're going through and, um, you know, seeing Worf fight it. And, you know, yeah. uh, I love that. Absolutely adore that. Um, um, I like that the... Wesley, who can be kind of annoying at times, actually does something to help out a friend. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it may not be initially wanted by Worth, but I think Worth is at a point where he doesn't really know what he wants. And being, as we see throughout the whole series, 
it's constantly like we don't talk about it with other people right. it's only a klingon thing and you know and i think he comes to learn eventually that that's not true that he can have yeah and that aren't just klingons i'm with you man i'm with you the idea um, that your family doesn't just have to be but it's who you find family with yeah, that was a big thing in this episode was Wesley saying we are his family and bringing everyone together. And I thought at first Worf would very much resist that idea, but he doesn't. He longs for family. And even though they're not Klingon, they I often feel this way with his crew. They have the heart of a Klingon. They are the heart of a warrior. Mm. I think he realizes that. He sees that. Yep. And, you know, for those of you listening who may or may not know, you know, my grandmother passed away yesterday morning. And even though this didn't necessarily get me in the fields, it was nice to get an episode of that family mm -hmm. um, in Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And we see that bond grow throughout the series. Mm -hmm. let's let's and then since you mentioned family let's talk about the the a plot here this idea family between will Riker and his father which again um getting to see will Riker a little more vulnerable a, mm. a little more having to make this decision um is really nice the last time we would have had this would have been when will Riker was offered the ability to become a q and we see mm him a little bit more and what he wants to do and the kind of a man he is uh but you know as season one and two have been uh they tend to lack out so this was a really nice moment to get to watch will shine uh and jonathan frakes's performance in here is so good he does play it as an angry child but it doesn't feel like a spoiled child this no he, feels like he's somebody... petulant but not in a he's in more of a competitive kind of way yeah yeah and that so you mentioned the ambo jitsu which mm, i mm. absolutely it's a fake sport that uh for those who haven't seen the episode basically it is a, like a sumo ring sort of like a sumo ring yeah they're wearing a specialized armor and then they're they use these giant okay like American the way, gladiator type stick i was gonna say giant q-tips Yes, giant Q-tips, giant Q-tips. One end has what I can only describe as like a either a magnetized or a kind of a sonic or, or some kind of radio detector. Yeah. Whereas it makes a sound and has a light, which is stupid because the armor you wear, you're blindfolded. Yeah. You don't see. Little, so little, little uh, Star Wars training there. Yeah. Uh, but you follow the sound to know where your opponent is. And then it's a little bit more martial arts after that, attacking with with this this stick, and you know there are rules and things like that. But the match that they do in this was really entertaining, and I could see this as a real sport, couldn't you? Mm -hmm, yeah, I love. I absolutely. There there are so many sports in Star Trek that we never get to see. Parisi squares. Mm -hmm. We got to see velocity once. Mm. uh but you know there are games in star trek that i kind of want to know a lot more this uh was kind of one of the first to to give us something a little different that seems sci-fi and yet realistically we have the technology that could do this and also it is a it is a like a a cultural 
it's, it's a syncretic sport. It's the idea that Earth of the Federation doesn't seem to draw these these borderlines, culturally speaking, the way that we do today. Mm-hmm. So it's a blend of Eastern and Western tradition. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. It, it is really cool, and it doesn't feel appropriated. It, it feels like it belongs here. It really does. It feels futuristic, but like I said, this sport also feels like something that could be done today. I feel like this mm-hmm. you could see this. Uh, another aspect that I really like is Pulaski. Oh, I love Pulaski. Pulaski plays love the Dr. role Pulaski. in this of, of the sage mentor. Mm-hmm. Because she had a relationship with Will's father, there is that a little bit. And she's moved. She says to him, you know, we, uh, you know, we could have been great, but I moved on. But I, I have feelings for you. I care. But she's the one to put perspective to Will that his father isn't the bad guy that he raised him out to be. That there's more than you know about his life and the things that he had to go through to be the man that he is. That's right. She reveals to Will something he didn't know. Yeah. This conflict, conflict with the Folians where uh, Kyle Riker, uh, Will Riker's dad, survived because he was one of the most determined people that Pulaski knows. And even though Will... Commander Riker might think that that is competitive and his relentless drive is a bad thing. Pulaski's like, no, no, no. It ended up being a good thing for him. Yeah. And of course, then we add to it the death of his mother and, and Riker kind of never really getting over that, but mm-hmm. then both realizing that, you know what, we're both still mourning about this. We both still hurt. And and uh, Kyle Riker tells, tells Will, listen, you never knew her. I know you're hurting, but I'm hurting more. I mm. knew her. I loved mm. her. She was my wife. You know, and that that whole effect, this idea of the pain that happens when, you know, when you're dealing with a child and a parent, who feels that more? It's a really interesting, both, mm. I think, you know, therapists would agree that people feel pain. It, it, you know, when you lose someone, you feel pain. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially when you were close to them, but yeah, who, that, who, that was the feel, case who was feeling my... that more? Yeah, and, and you're going. And I imagine that. that her own children, my parents, my dad, my aunts, uncles, are probably grieving even more than me because they knew that I'm not there. Right. So yeah, it, it's sort of the idea that people finding a commonality in their pain, but also. Mm-hmm. Riker realizing that he's not the only victim of this. It's this really coming together and understanding what family is and how to communicate with each other. And if you think about it, both sides here, whether we're dealing with Riker, Riker and Riker, or Worf, you know, kind of feeling alone, is that his family, his his enterprise family, was trying to communicate with him and learn and to help to better understand to be there for him. Will and Kyle are doing the same thing. They're learning how to communicate with each other. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, while my partner is muted there, uh, I'm sure he has a great point. Uh... <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Um, sorry, I was just sending a message. Um, but it is interesting to see that 
the idea that even in the 24th century, the issues between families is, uh, it, it, it's still there. We still have to deal with our emotional baggage. And like us, many of these characters like to bottle it up. Mm -hmm. They don't want to talk about it. And I know from personal experience, what bottled up emotions and never talking about the things that are bothering me can do. Mm -hmm. And I remember learning that in the first season of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry didn't want there to be interpersonal conflicts. But he was under the impression that people would have grown out of it by then. And I'd like to say that even though that future is more utopic, people are still people. Mm -hmm. And pain is still pain. Right. And, uh, and we talked about that. Uh, the more that ago. we talked about this episode, you and I, the more I realized maybe I do like it more than I thought. Absolutely. But as we always do, we got to look at the things we didn't like because mm. it's not mm. perfect. Uh, one of the things that gets to me, and I suppose it's looking at it from a lens of somebody who's a little bit older but didn't really watch the original series until later, mm -hmm. the, the sets, some of the costumes still have a bit of that, what I call that original series hokiness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of don't like that, especially seasons one and two. They changed it in season three. The uniforms changed and production changed. And a lot of behind the scenes stuff affected this. Um, but it really gets to me sometimes when you watch this and it just, it kind of takes you out of it at times. This is supposed to be the next generation. And yet the quality sometimes of what I'm seeing really feels uh, just... Uh, a, not a next generation, but a continuation of the same old styles and tropes that the original series did. Exactly. And, and it um, definitely, and we'll get to, I have to bring this up. The cheesy music cues are like straight out of the original series. Mm -hmm. It's not the same music, but it's the same kind of feel to it. Oh, yeah. That works in the 60s. In the late 80s, eh, nothing quite work for me. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I also, I've got to say, early Deanna Troy gets on my nerves. Yes, I agree. I just, and here's the thing. This is a great spot where Deanna could have shined. Yep. yep. This yep. would have been perfect and he does, talk, he does he does talk to deanna he does talk to deanna but it's really bad when pulaski becomes the better counselor at that point then the counselor yeah. is a beta set <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't think they ever really knew what to do with deanna troy until you know maybe later she doesn't get series. good until the fifth or sixth season yeah because you know she's there and marina Sirtis is very beautiful but she's there to kind of be pretty and say random stuff that is like, yeah, thanks for that kind of kind of statement. Yeah, a very thankless role. And so, yeah, I think uh, it doesn't work as well. But it does give the opportunity for Pulaski to have 
to shine as a character. Right. I, and that is nice. Um, there are a lot of people who are it's not... It's a balancing on, act that needs yeah, to happen. Absolutely. There are a lot of people who are not on the Pulaski train. Yeah, for right a long now. time, I was one of them. I really was. Um, but when I did a rewatch, I, I started to find that, you know what? Diana Moldor is not really that bad here. No. I think she's just surrounded by stories and moments that do not allow her to stretch. And there are a few moments in the franchise uh, in this season where she does shine that I love yeah. her um, death. And this Elementary, is my dear Data. Yes. Great yeah. episode where she shines. Uh, the War Games episode. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love her. One... I can't remember the title, but she covered for Worf when he fainted. Yeah, yeah. And she demonstrated her love of Klingon tea, and mm-hmm. even though twice missed the end, she was willing to take a chance. Or, or, and my my favorite ah crap moment is a uh, part of Picard dealing with the heart surgery, and the only person who could save him in the end was Pulaski. Yeah, and he's though... like, oh, I don't want anybody to, do... yeah. Yeah, he was not a fan. He's never been a fan of Pulaski. They, yeah. They, yeah, but yeah, anyway, but in it, this episode, she has her character. moments. She gets her moment in here to really kind of bring it home. And I love that. But as I said, while I love Pulaski, making her the counselor in, yeah. in really in this moment yeah. is out of it. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Give, De- give Deanna a chance here to use and do what we've said she's supposed to be able to and do. not just the Riker's love interest who says a couple of romantic lines yeah. really cheesy music and says some encouragement yeah it just that's that's kind of the sad point about this this episode yeah uh, also uh, going along with what you said about the costumes the cinematography is terribly flat mm-hmm. the color palette is very boring very TV budget like in a very TV budget. Um, and go with me on this is Captain Picard's voice in season one or two? Is he trying something weird with his? It doesn't feel as natural when he talks. Maybe there there was a writing thing, or maybe he was it it might be that way trying out the accent. I don't know. It's possible, it's very possible. Um you know, and here's the thing, seasons one and two, I argue that other than a select handful that are really, really valuable, and I think this is in there, I think this is in there too, you can kind of throw them all away because the character mm-hmm. yeah. of, of of our crew really don't get going fully until the third season. No, Data seems more naive in these two seasons. Data has actually way more emotional emoting than he should. For somebody yes. who can't feel emotion. <laughs> but he also seems more childish in the two. But maybe that's the evolution of the character. I don't know. That's possible. But that's he possible. is like a child if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but and even the... Worf, Worf changes too throughout the whole yeah. thing. Oh, Besides the... Worf's hairstyle and his ridges. Okay, speaking of Worf. Worf's head looks enormous in seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Also, I have to add the scene with Worf is fantastic, but um, what I was going to say is the reason that Kyle Riker comes on the ship to deliver whatever it was about the Dilithium crystal ends up being completely forgotten about and pushed to the side. 
Well, the main, I think the main point of that was to kind of push Will into taking the command. I think that was the idea because that was the center of it, of that mission is Will, if Will took command, he would leave and, and join the Ares at, you know, yeah. that was that whole process. And what might have made it a little more interesting would be to have them argue over the actual mission itself. Right. That would have been kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think overall it's pretty good that as I said, those cheesy music cues were just yes. too much. Yes. A little bit I, too much for me. I'm with you. I'm with you about the music. The music does get better eventually. When we, when we hit season three, it's like a night and day transformation. Mm -hmm. The colors are more vibrant, the characters are more interesting, the, the color palette is just so much richer. Mm -hmm. The music is better. It's really quite something. Mm -hmm. um, well, let, let's okay. So we've got a lot to work with here. How does this episode add to our overall view of Star Trek? Ooh. Well, it's really nice to get to see more of Riker's backstory, <laughs> which is something I was kind of ignorant of until recently. Mm -hmm. It's not in a lot of episodes, right? Uh, it really builds, I, I think it builds to Will Riker because this is, it, it is the first full idea of, of his backstory and how that affects everything. Um, we start to see the pattern that he has through Next Generation of uh, his reluctance to take command. Because mm -hmm. it happens more than once to where mm -hmm. Will Riker, the, the chair's being pulled out for Will. Is he going to take it? And he Best never. Best of both worlds, anyone? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, sometimes he's forced to. Sometimes he doesn't want and to. Either, and you notice every time he takes command throughout the entire series and the movie, something bad happens to the Enterprise. <laughs> Will Rogers in charge. Time. Oh, boy. <laughs> whether it's the obnoxious Captain Jellico or whether it's the destruction of the Enterprise B. Right. But I everything goes wrong yeah uh, but I, I definitely love this look at will's reluctance and the question yeah, i'm yeah, curious I do like about that too. the question that i'm curious about with will reichel will reichel will reichel Wika? will Wika? <laughs> um is this fear is he truly believing that he you know uh, is happier as the the first officer of the enterprise like we kind of are presented to or is it this deeper doubt that he can't live up to the shoes that Picard has? Because uh, think about it. Um, Picard is like the model. He choose to, chooses to take, you know, to stay. But then next season, best of both worlds, he can't fill the shoes of Picard. He tries. Yeah, yeah. But he, he feels inadequate. And a good you know, point. Very good absolutely. Point. And this happens again. And again, and again, where he's offered the chance. We have chain of command, where Ooh. where Picard is replaced with Captain Jellico. Who, Angelico's a big jerk. I, tell I love. You. you can call him big jerk. I love Captain Jellico. It's no, just a different style. I like style. him. He's just a, a big jerk. I mean, it's a, it's a different style of command. The actor, sort of the actor does a fantastic job. But again, Will Will in this moment could prove himself as a leader. Working under Jellico. If you can work under Picard 
and make your working under Jellico work. Imagine what'll happen, but he doesn't. He stays mm. true and loyal to Picard. Yep. He wants to stay under Picard's shadow. Yep. And again, not the only time he'll do this. When Picard, uh, was it the seventh season when um, Picard goes off on that mercenary mission on his own? Gambit. 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 Thank yes. you. Same thing. He's forced to take command and then crazy stuff happens. Oh, hell heck breaks loose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, you know, he doesn't officially take the command of the ship as, as a captain until um uh, until uh, nemesis yep. and even it's, then we don't see and then, well in lower decks we get to see that everything goes haywire yeah that's true but that that becomes but, will's thing i guess is normal missions but we what we, i find to be very interesting if i could just real quick mm -hmm. is for the facade that will Riker puts up mm -hmm. being this big tough you know um Unfriendly, but don't cross me. Guy, when in reality, maybe he's really more, more reluctant than his external facade would have you believe. Mm -hmm. And now that you mean, like I said, the more you and I talk about it, the more I realize it ain't bad. <laughs> no, no. One I, of the I, better episodes of the first two seasons, I'd say. Absolutely. Um, I, I really enjoy. And um, I, I just, I, I enjoy this kind of break because here's the thing, this doesn't involve an alien. This doesn't involve a, an outward conflict or the ship's mm. in danger. This is all internal. This is all dealing with me as a person. Very and I point. love that. This takes all, you know, here's the thing. Take this exact same story, transpose it to today. No sci-fi, uh, a naval officer has the ability to take command of a research vessel or, you know, a, a small, but, you know, put it into today's point, same characters, but we're not dealing with space or sci-fi, modern military, you're still dealing with that inner conflict. Mm. It's the exact same story yes. today. This is one of the least science fiction-y Star Trek episodes yep. I've ever seen. And it demonstrates that you don't need laser guns and spaceships. Mm -hmm. That's only incidental to the story. Right. So sci-fi, to those who maybe aren't into sci-fi, isn't just silly, made-up nonsense. At its heart, it's human conflict. So yeah, um, that is really all I've got to say as far as the negatives. But as we mentioned, definitely has a lot more positives than you might think right um so what were our favorite moments you mentioned the Ooh. uh uh the uh the martial arts uh uh yeah the jitsu i really jitsu. yeah that was really cool i that was a part here's the thing watching this it's not the first time i've watched this but it's the first time i've really watched it closely Mm. Um, and I didn't remember a lot of things of this episode except the Ambo Jitsu. <laughs> so the Ambo Jitsu is a really cool thing. And again, I would love to see this in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's doable. I think it's absolutely yeah. doable. I love um, this. Also, the Day of Ascension was, was really neat. Yes. The lighting and the idea of getting to see the fact that 
Klingons love pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, I, all the moments with Dr. Velasquez I really liked. And I really enjoy it when Picard plays coy. Yes. He's really funny when he plays coy. <laughs> you know, you talk about Klingons and pain. Uh, you know, I too uh i too enjoy pain as well in mm-hmm. fact i love the music of john tesh that can be very painful but oh. what does john tesh in this episode have to do john tesh makes a cameo as one of the klingon the uh holographic oh, oh my goodness in this wow. episode yeah yep but uh yeah i mean those are my favorite <laughs> moments there's a lot in here that i didn't like a lot that i do like the one thing i will mention as we wrap up I don't have this name, but the actor who plays Kyle Riker was really good. And uh, yeah, those are kind of my favorite things in this episode. Yeah. Um, it, it just overall for this for the season that it is, it's so good. Uh, the gentleman's name, by the way, is Mitchell Ryan. Mitchell Ryan, he does a very good job. He's a very much a character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you, you, I guess more recently he was in Liar Liar, uh, Judge Dredd, um, the the not so obviously Judge Dredd. Um, he's done other things, TV, and you know he's just a character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I agree with you. I like him in this as his father. He plays it, and it's the only time that this happens, which kind of surprised me. I would love. To have seen the character of Kyle Riker come back again. Yeah, I agree. For something else. It would have yeah. been great. But, you know, we never got that. And that's, you know, sad. Yep. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, final thoughts, Bremen? Um, I would say that it's it 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 still fits in with the seasons one and two. Kind of early slump. Mm-hmm. Not even a slump, but the, the kind of the misfire. But it is, I would say, one of the better episodes to be seen of those two seasons. Absolutely. And the character development is fantastic overall. But like I said, the look, the feel, the music, some of that doesn't work. But I would say that this is definitely a possible episode of those first two seasons. Yeah. I I would agree with you, too. This This was definitely on the higher end of season two it's not its best uh but it is by far not the worst by i agree far. i agree so next week brennan uh, we got a long we do have a long week ahead of us and you know what uh i think we're gonna have to take a trip to the cleaners and get our uh dress uniforms clean. yes you want to know why mm-hmm. because we have been cordially invited mm-hmm. to the wedding. so that's right next week we are going to Deep Space Nine, yes, season we are. six, episode seven. You are cordially invited. The I, wedding of Worf and Dax. I cannot wait. This is a great episode. And uh, you know what? Uh, I've been told that I got a plus one. So I yes, may have to find do. someone to join us in for this conversation. Yes, I've heard those rumors too. <laughs> well, with that, Brennan, where can the people find you? You can all find me on Twitter at Brennan Mystical. That's B R E N N E N Mystical. You can also follow us here on this podcast, Page Turner, if they were not, and of course, Random Trek. 
And also, once the FCL starts up again, you can find me there, and you can also find me on YouTube at Tasty Waffle, one word. Ooh, I heard rumors that June, June was uh, a magical Yeah, month. rumors. <laughs> uh, you can find me at C Ingle, I N G L E, 1984, on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, you can also find me uh, hanging out with uh, many members of the movie trivia Schmodown uh, as we help train. Uh, it is, of course, uh, uh, the what is it, the, the championship of movie trivia? I think that's how they're they're playing it now mm -hmm. something to that extent of uh, the world championship of movie trivia that's what it is <laughs> and join us if you will on video drew and Chris, uh, mark Riley's stages absolutely so of course as we say every week kapla and live long and prosper peace and one more